All right, I just straight up forgot my glasses today, but that looks like apology. Uh, and an apology is an expression of regret for some error or offense. Um, but that's probably applause now that I'm thinking about it. Greg, could you flick the light on that sign? Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Thank you. All right, here we go. Now, remember, you guys are all a big part of TV. so the better that you are, you know, the better that BJ is. You see that nice lady over there? She's giving me that sign. That sign says we are on in 10 seconds. Okay, get ready to have a good time. Joining BJ on the show today is Swapna Krishna. All right, here we go. This is exciting, isn't it? All right, everyone, quiet on set, please. In five, four, three, two. Hello, Swapna. Thank you so much for joining me on What Are You Working On? Uh, I know you have a big announcement, so I'm very excited for you to share it with us. Yes. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, let's get let's get right into it. Um, you are now the host of a new show. Yes. It's called Far Out. And it's, it's PBS. It's a YouTube show from PBS. It's the next few decades, 50 years is usually what I use as a catchphrase, but like the next few days, the next few decades in science and technology. And the first episode premiered today. That's right. How is, how does it feel to have it out in the wild now that people can see it? It feels really weird. Honestly, it's really, it's a little bit surreal. Um, I'm very excited about it. I'm really excited about what, uh, like, I, we have some fantastic artists and animators working on the show. Like it's, it looks beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful show. Um, I'm really excited about it. Very proud of what we've done. It's a little. It's hard to be in self promo mode right now, yeah. given um, what's going on in the world. It's just very difficult to prioritize that. But that's the world we live in, and so I've been trying to balance feelings of, like, I shouldn't be talking about anything right now with, like, well, this is an important project. I'm really proud of the work we've done, and just trying to balance that. And it's hopeful. Yes. Like, to me, when I I heard about the show, I was like, this is the kind of thing I want to get all my nieces rounded up and park them in front of the iPad and watch it. And that's that's exciting because there's not always a lot of stuff like that. So... I mean, yeah, the world is shit. I know I'm always pretty vocal that the world is shit, but there is great hopeful things like the show that you're now putting out. Yes, I appreciate that. Yeah, we try to, a lot of the topics, because it's about the future, a lot of the topics we're talking, going to be talking about are heavy, and I want to make sure we don't leave people depressed. Yes, yeah, which is important, yeah, because that's very easy on YouTube. <laughs> yes, it is. It is very easy. Now, let, let me ask you, because you've been, so you've been doing video it's fairly new because I've been following you for a long time and you were, you were diverged, you were at Star Trek.com, but video, tell me how you started to get into the video format. So I got the offer for this show back in November. I can talk about it now. Uh, Cause yeah, I kind of mysteriously joined TikTok and started doing video. And so I got the offer for this show. I've like done some like panels at like cons like comic-con i've done some like sdcc and nycc panels and like i've done a little bit of like i like i've been i've been in some documentaries like i've been an expert stuff like that but like never scripted work like this so this was really really new i was very flattered to be considered considering i'd never done scripted work like this um but once it became once you know it became you know, more of a thing. It took us a while to like get the full green line stuff. But once it became more of a thing, I realized I need to get comfortable with seeing myself on screen. And I've always found the best way to do that. Like the way I got comfortable talking and the comfortable with my voice is to do a podcast 
edit my podcast. So that's the same way. I was like, okay, I'm going to start editing myself on video and hopefully that gets me more comfortable. I'm not a hundred percent. I still haven't, I've like watched pieces of the full episode. So I've seen the full episode, but I've had to do it in like, it's hard. It's hard yes. to watch yourself. Yeah. I'm cringing a lot. Like, well, cause you know, you know, all the little places that you could be better at. Yes. Right. And yeah. so that's what you're looking. You're like, all right, well that I could do this. So I, I completely understand that burden, but, but let me ask you, what's, what is the topic that you're probably the most excited about that's coming up on the show? I'm actually, okay. So I'm really excited. So our third episode is on cannabis and I'm actually really excited about that episode. It's not, an ep- it's not a topic you expect PBS to go. Sure into so i like that it's unexpected um i think it solidifies that while pbs does amazing work for kids this is a show while i think generally appropriate for all ages there are going to be episodes like cannabis that are this isn't a show aimed at adults and i think that solidifies that but also like i learned a lot like i didn't know a lot about uh i know you know the basics as much as anybody else knows about like marijuana and cannabis but like i found it i just Learning stuff is fun. Learning the science behind stuff is really cool. And understanding, getting a better understanding of the way this plant works was just fascinating. Uh, plus, there was so we were able to go a little deeper into some of the equity issues around, like, the war on drugs. And so I'm really excited for people to see it. But, yes, it's a that was a little teaser. So that's going to be the third episode. I, yeah, to me, I saw that and I was like, okay, this is going to be really interesting because, as you mentioned, I don't recall PBS running a lot of marijuana-related content on no. anything. And I watch a lot of PBS. Like, I'm one of those people who watches the news hour and I'm the porn company. Uh, so let me ask you, before we segue a little bit towards other things, I, I want to ask you first for your recommendation for a TV show that we should all watch and why we should watch it. I want everybody to watch For All Mankind, which is on Apple TV+. Plus. You're, you're nodding. Okay, so you're with me on this. Yep. This is, I would argue, the best show on TV right now, and the definitely the best show that few people are watching. Although I think more people, it got a lot of discussion in its second yes. season, and I think more people are starting to watch it. The basic premise, for those of you who haven't watched it, is that it is set in an alternate history that asks, what if Russia had made it to the moon first? And basically, the idea would be we never won that space race, so we had to keep striving and pushing forward in space, which after we won the space race and landed on the moon, we kind of just retreated to low Earth orbit and have been there ever since. But what if that didn't happen? And just it's not just like the space and science stuff, though that is incredible. It's the like it's just it's such so well written it's so tense the characters are so good like it is like a compulsive show like you can't just watch one episode and i just it blows my mind every single time i watch it like it's so good i don't think i've recovered from the second season oh my god oh my god that was intense like that was it was literally the most stressful i have ever been watching tv yes like Okay, I'm glad I'm not alone because you know what I think the shows on Apple seem to like Severance. Severance is something that I would say like smart people have seen, right? But not everybody yeah. has seen. Like it just hasn't gotten out there yet. And it, for all mankind, now seems to be getting bigger and bigger. Uh, let me ask you, who do you think is on Mars? Oh my God, I don't know. I don't know. I hope it's. Um, I don't. I don't know. I. I just. You know, we, we, there's, 
there's so many interesting like I'm I don't want to ruin anything in the season right, finale, right. but there's like a storyline that I'm fascinated by about a possible Russian like agent like that I I'm like oh my god like I can't stop thinking about it. Okay, I, I'm not gonna because I'm gonna start spoiling things for people who right, haven't seen okay. it. But, so, oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> it is. It is. So good. Let me let me so let me change directions a bit to uh I know that we're both Czechies. Yes. And everyone who's a Czechie, I'm gonna ask this question. Uh do you think that Captain Janeway killed two Vix? Um, okay. So I will preface this with I absolutely love Captain Janeway. Um I think she's fantastic. I love the character. I love you know, the way they wrote her, even though it was uneven at times. And that being said, she absolutely a hundred percent murdered two Vix. And like, I just don't really know that there's any way around that. And it's a very uncomfortable fact, but she did in fact do it. Yes. Yeah. And that, to me, it's just, I'm okay with her doing it because it seems like within the mission of the captain, right. To protect everyone's life on the ship, but it's never, it's never addressed anywhere else. It, it, not even her few, uh, subsequent appearances. It's yeah. never mentioned. So Justice for Tuvix is what I'm saying. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I'm, I mean, like, arguably she made the decision of the needs of the many outweigh yes. the needs of the few, like, which is a which is a decision captains have to make, two lives versus one life. But she still killed the guy in front of her, so... Yes. Uh. Yeah. And, and the crew was pretty crappy to Tuvix. I have to admit, going back and yeah. watching the episode, yeah. they did not treat him well. Uh, no. Or they, well, I, I'm actually not sure what Tuvix's pronouns would be. Yeah, because um, it's because it's a plant. He's a he or they is a plant based life life form. I'm sorry. It was. <laughs> sorry. It was. I I on. I will be honest. I have not watched that episode. Rewatched that episode in years because I cringe. Just yeah. I feel like the entire episode is like a full body cringe. Yeah. It's unco- so, it's uncomfortable. It's yes. you know, I went back and did a rewatch Ugh. for uh, a comic that I'm, do- that I'm working on, which is very Voyager adjacent. And uh, watching that episode in 2022 was not. Yeah. Hey, it's me, God. I know it's been a while, and I haven't been the best dad, especially this century. Well, I was going through some shit, and you know what? I'm not going to talk about it. All you need to know is that I'm doing commercials now. I've got bills to pay, too. Do you have any idea how much I just lost on crypto? A lot. A lot. And so now God needs your money. Like, for real this time. Not like all those other times every Sunday. You know who else needs your money? B.J. Mendelson. So give him $5 by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash B.J. Mendelson. That website again is buymeacoffee.com slash BJ Mendelson. Buymeacoffee.com slash BJ Mendelson. And if you don't give BJ your money, you and I are gonna have problems. Big ones. Commercials suck. And hopefully one day we won't need them. But until that day comes, we have bills to pay, brother. What the fuck is this copy? I, I don't know, man. BJ wrote it, and I think he was high when he did it. How do you know he was high? I just, I read through it, and I just have a feel. I don't know, man. Just read it. <laughs> what kind of bills do we have to pay? Well, for starters, you wouldn't believe how much it costs to feed a super intelligent ape who wants to kill Superman? Yes. At 
first he said he would pay BJ rent, but then some asshole told the ape about squatters', squatters rights? rights? Yep. And he's a supervillain, you know, so he stopped paying rent, and now we all kind of work for him? He's a terrible boss. One time he was eating some guy's face and just left the rest of him in the middle of the floor. I guess it's better than working at Amazon, though? Anyway, the apes got this cool-ass setup in the basement of BJ's mom's house. You should see it. There's this kick-ass pool down there. I have no idea how you get a huge pool in the basement of a small house, but he found a way. Separate lines, he found a way. Now, if only the ape could remember to take out the garbage in his office before he leaves for the weekend. Everyone else does it. That includes Stephen Wheat, who works in accounting and shits out of his mouth? <laughs> anyway, that's what's going on here in Harriman, New York, home home of the... Yeah, man, I'm pretty sure he was high, but let's just get back to it. <laughs> now, let's get back to the show. Uh, pleasant. But so, tell, so moving on to something that's more pleasant, though... Um, the podcast is it is it still going i, I, I know it updates when yeah. Up time, but yeah yeah so i do this podcast they see geek girls it's with my best friend preeti chipper we're just two you know indian women who just talk about pop culture so yeah we we are published we stick to, we commit to a publishing schedule of once a month but these days with you know when covid first hit there was like no new content for like a year and a half and now there's all kind all like all the stuff that got delayed is coming out even though we're still in a pandemic all the stuff that got delayed uh is coming out now and so we are doing i would say one, almost once every two weeks right now just like you know so um yeah i'm it's a great it's a lot of fun we just do it for fun it's something that we just enjoy doing we enjoy having a place to talk to each other about the things we love and we stick to things we love we don't really well we will offer criticisms especially on representation and stuff like that we do not ever talk about something to tear it apart like that's not right. what we do because we don't enjoy that so yeah. yeah and we we have too much of that out there right there's just yeah. way too much of that so that I mean, that's one of the reasons why i've been listening on and off for the past uh, past three years now. Is it three years? Wait, how old is this show? Five wow. years. I think we just hit five. Yeah, which was like unbelievable because like when we first started, I was like, I don't know if I could commit to a podcast. But <laughs> yep, right. nope, we've been doing it. That's fantastic. And I've I've enjoyed the episodes. I highly recommend it. Um, is there a particular episode that you would want to point people to? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think... If you're a Star Trek fan, um, if you've been watching Picard, I think our breakdown of Star Trek Picard, which was over three episodes, but depending on which episodes you watched and liked, you can um, you uh, can pick. But I actually, now that I think about it, I think I really am proud of our uh, the show we did. That kind of Preeti is not a huge. She likes Star Trek, but she's not a huge Star Trek fan. So I had her watch like four ne or five Next Generation episodes to get ready for season two of Picard. And I'm really proud of that discussion because I think we went really deep into the like the relationship between Picard and Q and like what makes each of them the person they are. And so I really like that discussion. Uh, what do you think of Picard? I I, I loved it. I, the first season I thought was maybe a little uneven, but I, I really liked the direction that it started to move in. I was really happy with the second season. 
Yeah, I I mean, same exact same. Um I really I really did enjoy the first season, but like when you put when I put my critic hat on, like there was a lot of choppiness, a lot of unevenness. You could tell that there was more there was a lot on the cutting room floor because I think they were committed to 10 episode seasons and unlike like Discovery which they've just extended when they had more story to tell, I think with contractually with Patrick Stewart, they are 10 episode seasons. So you could tell that there was a lot that they didn't explore and that felt a little crowded. I loved it, though. Second season, though, I really, um, you know, of course, I wish the secondary characters had more to do. Uh, but besides that, like, I, like, Q Picard stuff was, and the, like, internal Picard exploration stuff was so good. Yes, yes. And something that I think Next Generation fans have wanted to see. Yes. So that was really cool. Um let me ask you, you're doing all these things. So, like, what would you say to your younger self? Like, if you had a time machine and you could go back to talk to yourself when you were, like, 18, what, what would you say? I would just say, I think, keep, I, I would, I would say I had to have a little more faith in myself. Um, I didn't really find my way, I would say, until, you know, um, like, my, I feel like my 30s have been so much better than my 20s in terms of knowing who I am, knowing what I want, knowing what I'm capable of, and being able to, like, hustle and get things done. And, like, if I want something, understanding that I am capable of it and I can get myself there if I put in the work. Um, and I didn't have that faith in myself when I was younger. And so, like, I never would have expected, like, I'd be paid to talk about Star Trek. And then I, ne- you know, like, when I was younger. And I never, like, all these things I loved, like, being able to, and, like, hosting a science show for PBS. Are you kidding? Like, I never would have thought it was capable of this. And so, um, like, I would have always said, like, no, I'm not good on camera. I can't read a script on camera. Are you kidding? You know, and so just, like working with that voice of self-doubt self-doubt while also telling myself like don't try and monetize every single hobby and every single pop culture interest you have because there has to be some stuff that you just enjoy to enjoy like that's why people keep asking me if I'm covering Star Trek Strange New Worlds which is such a good show and I'm like no because I want to enjoy it as a fan yeah I've been I've been I think it's only what three episodes I've been blown away by it it's like I mean, I think if you step back from nostalgia and you step back from, um, like, like Picard is probably my favorite of the new shows. Um, you know, Lower Decks is hard. It's a big competition with Lower Decks. Lower Decks is, but I think Lower Decks is very good for longtime fans. So it does appeal to like new viewers, but like the jokes are just so deep. It cuts so deep. Uh, Stranger Worlds is just like, I think it's the like best show for new viewers because it's just, that's, you can go right in. That's what how I explained it to my dad was I said, imagine if they redid the original Star Trek for 2022. Yeah. I, as if there was never a Star Trek before. This is your first encounter, uh, yeah. so, so to speak. Let me, But let me ask you real quick. Like, did you ever, when you were younger and just working creatively on, on projects, did you ever think like, what was it like when you were paid to write about Star Trek? Like, I'm, I'm wondering what that thought was. You know, like when when you got the first check and you were like, "I just got paid to write about Star Trek." What's that oh like? my god! I'm trying to think about where I got. I first got paid to t- talk about Star Trek because that's a really good question. I don't know. Definitely wasn't StarTrek.com. It was before that. It was probably 
Engadget. Oh, okay. I- My guess is because I was on staff there, and yeah, uh, it might have been sci-fi. It was either sci-fi or Engadget, but like sci-fi. While I really appreciated the opportunity to write about Star Trek, it was very much personal essay. Um, because that's, you know, that's what was popular and that's what was selling. And that's not necessarily something I'm super comfortable doing. And people may have noticed and probably have noticed that as I've gotten to be more experienced of a writer, I've stopped doing a lot of that because I don't really like putting that much out there for other people to examine. You know, it's just, it's it's, it's a personal thing. I'd rather, um, you know, I'd rather, it's not something I'm, super comfortable doing so I've done it quite a bit and I feel like I've been there done that people know where I stand so I don't really need to delve into that kind of stuff anymore as much I do still sometimes but um for Engadget it was like when Discovery was premiering and it was the first time I really got paid like I I the first time I got just like the first time I really got paid to talk about Star Trek to interview um, like, it's not just interviewing the actors, because I actually don't, I get really nervous. I get really anxious. I actually don't like, inter- like, I don't, I'm happy to have had the experience on the other side, but I actually get really nervous and don't like interviewing the actors. So it's not that, um, it's more like talking about, like talking to production people, talking to people about how it's made the business decisions behind putting Star Trek on streaming, um, which was super interesting to me. And then for season one of Picard, getting to actually go to the junket in LA for Engadget, like that. I mean, that was just like, yeah, I don't, I can't even, yeah. I mean, I can't even just, I still like Star Trek Picard junket and premiere and after party was like one of the best experiences of my life. Yeah. You take, you'll take it with you forever, which I think is really special. I only have time for one more question, but before I get to it, let me ask you, where would you like people to go to watch the show, to follow you, want to listen to the podcast? Um, I am every I am pretty much on most major social media networks, but primarily on Twitter and Instagram, both at S Krishna, TikTok at Swapna underscore Krishna. You can watch Far Out on PBS Terra, T-E-R-R-A's YouTube channel. Um, and that is that's that's basically most of where you can find me. Now, the last question I ask everybody is what's one thing you've always wanted to be asked that you just oh haven't yet? Okay, so it is, I will tell you, what's it like to cover a rocket launch in person? Because it is not glamorous. <laughs> yeah, like was, I'd love to hear about that. Like, what, what, is, what was that experience like? So um, I've been to a, a few rocket launches uh, as part of NASA's social program, which is amazing, by the way. If you have any sort of social media and you're interested in space, I highly encourage people to apply for NASA, the NASA social program, where basically they'll invite regular people on social media to come like watch a lo- like watch a rocket launch or watch cool things like from kind of behind the scenes so I've, d- I've done that I've done that a few times and that's actually how I like led to my decision to go into like science writing and stuff as a career so it's been very influential um but I covered my first uh rocket launch for Engadget uh the Falcon SpaceX Falcon Heavy launch the first launch and um it it was an ama- it was amazing. I mean, seeing a rocket there's nothing like it. Like seeing a rocket launch in person is incredible, but it's also like a ton of waiting. It's just like waiting around in this like 19 in this like this like probably from like the late Apollo era, 
like media center that's got like all these desks. It's super. I mean, it's a government. It's it's what you think of when you think of like a government office <laughs> building. It is not glamorous. And, and like sitting at these like long desks and then you go outside and you can see like the lunch pad and that's cool and like the countdown clock but then it's like literally like I was eating like for lunch I was I like brought like literally bread jelly and peanut butter from the grocery store and I like made peanut butter sandwiches for lunch and like ate them out of the trunk of my car it's not exactly it's like it's like two minutes of the most incredible experience of your life and 10 hours of <laughs> just like sitting around and waiting it's, it sounds like disney world yeah right? like, probably <laughs> yep yep i've not been in a while but yep uh that's all the questions i have thank you thank you so much uh, this, thank you for this having was wonderful. me yeah no uh, this was a real pleasure i'd love to have you back on if you if you have something that you want to plug i know you have a book coming I see that yes, right? I mean next year. So yes, you uh, next year I will be back. Yeah, I have a book called Stargazing Out from Chronicle Books next year. It's basically about mindfulness and the night sky. How can you can kind of use the night sky to like improve your own mindfulness. So I'm very excited about it. That sounds amazing. I would like to read that and go out to Tonopah, Nevada. Yes. Which has got that great Is that a dark sky site? That's a dark sky site. It's supposed Gotta to be beautiful. It. Uh highly recommended. You know, I'm pretty I'm pretty upset that the Mets are good now. Why is that? Because now we can't experience things like when they had a 97-year-old pitching coach. You mean Phil Regan? Yeah, th- that guy who played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. That team hasn't even existed for 65 years. Like, do you understand how close we all came to having this super old guy coaching the Mets? Do you understand the kind of comedy gold that could have been, like right now when we need laughter the most? He probably wouldn't even remember who was on the team. Regan would be in the dugout chewing tobacco and saying shit like, send in Willie Mays. And then one of the guys on the bench would be like, coach, Willie Mays is dead. And then Regan would be like, the hell he is, get him in there. I don't think Willie Mays is dead. He's not. And I hope Willie Mays lives forever, I really do. But Willie Mays also hasn't played for the Mets since 1973. Anyway, I just want people to understand the potential joy that we're all deprived of now that the Mets are good. Hmm. Well, that's all for this week. If you enjoyed this episode of Weiwo.tv, you know what you need to do. Rate us and leave us a review wherever your favorite podcast can be found. That'll help people find this show and hopefully enjoy it as much as you did. You did enjoy the show, right? We're going to assume you did, because you made it to the outro. Most people don't. Be sure to follow BJ on Instagram at BJ Mendelson and tell him who you'd like to see interviewed next. You can also text your suggestions to BJ at 646-331-8341. But don't call that number. BJ says he's only going to answer if you're Melissa O'Neill from ABC's The Rookie. Also, only if you're going to ask him out on a date. We'll see you next time. Right?